What's up, Commonwealth? Welcome back to another amazing episode of Bluegrass Soccer Cast. I'm, of course, Jimmy. That's Mr. John. John, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, Jimmy. How are you? I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off this evening. <laughs> I am still getting situated. Uh, the pan that I use to cook my dinner is uh, still steaming in the sink next to me. But hey, we made it. We're here. Uh, and I'll try not to adjust things too much for for the people at home. Uh, how's your week been, John? Uh, my week's been good overall. Yeah? Yeah. Well... If you want to talk about people who have been having a good week, let's go to the bottom line. And the reason I started out by saying it that way is because there was breaking news today for Lou City. Uh, Lou City, more or less, I mean, you know, it's this is more of like an American sports terminology. Um, it's not quite the proper uh, language for soccer, but more or less, Lou City trades. Uh, the San Diego Loyals with the San Diego Loyals, uh, they Blue City gets Kyle Adams, and the SD Loyals get Musha Galusa, uh, which is a big deal, right? For a team that's been struggling on offense, they trade away one of their better offensive players and get a defensive back in return, or a center back in return, I should say. Well, yeah, this is Winder's replacement at least for this season, because his original replacement went out injured for the year. Right. Um, little points on Adams. He started 16 out of 18 matches he's played in. Uh, he has 51 so clearances. consistent, which is a good thing, right? Yes. Yep. He has 51 clearances, 15 interceptions. Interceptions at center back is kind of – that's decently for a center back. And his average foot mob rating for this year is a 6.79. So basically a 6.8. So, wow. That's pretty impressive. Mid, he's not like, he's not a stud. He's not a superstar right. center back, but he can definitely solve some issues. Yeah. Help solve some issues. You know, the, the deal isn't uh, quite done yet, even though Adams was practicing with Blue City today, which was kind of weird to see. Yeah, he was practice. Um, he was posted on the socials. Yeah, so by, by all accounts, it's official. So I think it's just pending paperwork. Yeah, which... pending. What I saw was pending legal and federation approval. But I feel like it would have to be approved by the USL champion before we even got to this point, right? Yeah, I feel like it's already been approved. There's just like legal filing paperwork sense that has to like clear something first so unless there's yeah. some massive hiccup in that paperwork it's so, basically a done deal on Mushigalusa's side of the deal right uh, he is being loaned out to uh, San Diego Loyals Landon Donovan's team um, for those who don't know and if you didn't know that uh, you don't watch soccer in the USL very much uh, <laughs> for the remainder of the season um, this move will allow Mushigalusa the ability to get some very needed additional playing time uh, because like Lou City, uh, the SD Loyals have also been having a terrible offensive season, so this should give them a little bit of a bump as well. Uh, Adam's arrival brings excitement both to the club and fans, uh, and he is eager to showcase his skills um, and his experiences that he's had so far in uh, the U.S. Yeah, this, this whole thing is weird. 
about uh, <laughs> it's the weird thing about American soccer because it's technically a trade, right? Malus, I can't say his name. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'm sure I butchered it too. Is out on loan, so right. Blue City get him back. So San Diego are giving up a player to have another player play. 12 games yeah and they're they're in the playoffs hunt so it could be more but mm-hmm. 12 games and then he's coming back so lucy literally gets a player they're going hey get this player that's not playing that much for us give him some experience and then we'll take him back mm-hmm. so at the end of next year unless adam's contract is up at this year um that lucy is just walking away with both players from this deal yeah, now, what I didn't find, uh, because, you know, finding contracts not the easiest thing to do, I did not find if Mushigalusa has, um, or how many more years he has left on this deal. Obviously, yes, for the loan stint, it's only for the season. But I wondered if this couldn't could be a precursor to an official off-season trade, um, or if this is going to be the end of his contract at the end of this year, does that mean... Uh, that he would then be a free agent and he could sign with San Diego or whoever after the season. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that does suck about USL in general is that the contract lengths and stuff is not heavily reported. You get some stuff with coaches. The coaching contracts are more reported, but player contracts, like, I don't know, a single Lexington player contract length. They could all be on <laughs> one year. Um I do know some are on two, three-year deals. I don't know who. And that's just from me talking with players and trying to figure it out and all the players' responses. Or uh, We're not really sure if we're allowed to say that, but there are guys on more than a year deal. So, Well, you but know, yeah, Coach Stockley has sucks. those guys over there very tight-lipped. So, Yeah, that's what sucks. Um, so it could be that these are both rentals for both yep. sides. It could be that Louisville at least next year has both players. Like I honestly don't know off the top of my head. Or now, couldn't find anything. I'm not quite sure the timing of when the story broke. I didn't see it till late this afternoon. Um, so our article will be coming out about it soon. But one of the things that I asked in that article was, is this move an indication of the culture issues that were happening in the locker room, right? Does this mean that Mushigalusa was part of the problem or he was the culture issue where, you know, he just wasn't fitting in with the team? Um, I don't want to wildly speculate and say stuff like that, but it seems like a very interesting move to move one of your better offensive players just for the rest of this year when you're really struggling to score goals. If his contract is up at the end of the year, yeah, I can fully see that he was a locker room or a chemistry issue because that's yeah. literally them saying not only that now it's not a full trade, so they're literally right. telling the loyal like we want this guy out so bad we will still pay him part of the contract because yeah. that's yeah, what happens with loans him. people who don't know yeah. loans have like typically the club getting the player. You'll very rarely find it unless it's like a big club sending a guy down 
to get yeah. real playing time where the club getting the players not paying majority of the contract, but it's at least 50-50 or that club's paying maybe 60-70. But the other club, the parent club, is still paying at least probably in the realm of 30 to 40% unless they're a big club. Like There's probably some kid in a Manchester United academy who's playing for a League 2 side in England where right. Manchester United's paying like 80% of that contract. And again, like you said, just to get that extra experience. Um, so I wonder if maybe that maybe that's the the issue here with Mushkalusa, you know, because Coach Cruz did talk about this move was designed so that he could uh, get more experience and more playing time. It seems quite odd to do it now, but I mean, if I'm Galusa, I'm it's inconsistency in terms of the attack. The attack has been filtering and like you said he's been one of their better attacking options so he's probably why why am i not getting more minutes right and that can sometimes it could be it just he doesn't fit into cruise ball or whatever yeah. you want to call it he just cruise danny, ball hashtag cruise ball danny cruz doesn't like the style of play he has that type of thing it happens some players aren't built for a system as great right. as they are they're just not built for the system and that's fine, right? Like, as fans, we've got to just be able to acknowledge that, you know. In other sports, you know, if you're a, a, a solid center from, you know, in basketball, right, like you're just a big under-the-hoop kind of guy, you're not going to fit into um, – I just dropped his name – the coach of the Warriors. Um, Steve Kerr. Anyways, Steve Kerr, Jesus. You're not going to fit into Steve Kerr's system in that way. So if you take that and apply it to this situation, you very easily could see something where maybe Mushkalusa didn't fit into hashtag crew style. Yeah. And speaking that we're on Loose City, that can lead us right into their preview, which right yeah. now the opponent they're playing is up. Last I checked, 2-0 two, two on the Riverhounds right now. What? Yeah, which is surprising because the whole point about I thought this could change my prediction because Indy, it, they're on the road in Pittsburgh too. Oh my Indy God. is not that great on the road. They are, um, they're, they're four, one, and three on the road. They're not amazing. But if you put into account that they're actually, they're pretty good on the road. Sorry. They're one, three, and one in their last five. That's what they weren't good at. Mm -hmm. But, uh, on the road, they're pretty good. So it could be some concerns, but I thought it was Riverhounds. If they could, the Riverhounds could beat them in a at least somewhat fashion, and they still can. It's only like halftime. Right. Um, that then they can easily, Lucidity could probably win. Now, I still think Lucidity could pull this out, even if Indy win in dominant fashion like they are right now. However, um, it's going to be rough if Indy does win like a 2-0-3-0 victory midweek. That's just, that's the exact boost they someone needs for a midweek. Midweeks are can make or break a team. <laughs> it certainly broke Lou City last week. I fully think that's why they played so poorly late late in that game against the Legion was because of the Detroit City loss. Like yeah. those midweek games, you can't lose those. 
in any sort of embarrassing fashion or any of that type of thing, because that 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 really dictates it. You have a, a when's that you have a two day turnaround, really, and that yeah. can that's hard. Yeah, I mean, on anybody that would be a, a hard matchup, but when you're playing at this level, it's really challenging. Very challenging, and so. Even with the fill the fam thing going on, which last I saw was eleven thousand plus tickets, um, I think eleven thousand five hundred something like that. So they're still quite a bit off from the goal. I believe I either heard the announcers from last week's game or I saw it online or something. They wanted fourteen thousand um, out of the game. Doesn't and- even fit fourteen thousand according to their like Google. The max capacity is like in the eleven thousands. <laughs> LOL. I Granted, swear they kept saying there's standing room. Yes, there's standing room. I think technically by official capacity, it's by uh seats is how huh. American places have to because technically standing room, you can't really measure that. Right. So I think it's seats. Now at least Detroit, the way they measure standing room is like in the kind of walk spaces between sections. Yeah one person like per wall so it's not like just fill people in these walking spaces it's like the person you have your back to the wall so that way people can still walk in front so that could be or it could be that the uh, supporter sections have more they more can space to in more because those yeah. are standing room i know that or at least most of them are and and that would be interesting to see because i've seen at some clubs right they'll have it like almost marked off like this is your space you know especially if they sell only a certain number of tickets for that section i could see them doing something like that but so hopefully you know this is a a big game because this is super important for loose city right they are um, currently sitting in sixth place india's in ninth but if they blow out pittsburgh like they are right now get a win um, I don't have the standings up in front of me, but they may be even jump into eighth place for that game. If um, Indy wins this, and they win, and if they beat Louisville, they're a point behind Louisville. Jeez, oh Pete, they're at twenty-two points right now. Louisville City is at twenty-nine. So if, now there's still forty-four minutes left in mm-hmm. this match. With so anything can happen, like. Lucidity was up one goal. Granted, it's one. But Lucidity right. was up one goal. Legion came back, and then Legion took the lead. Took the and, lead. Um, so anything can happen. But if, but they, Indy 11 has a chance for a six-point weekend, or a six-point week right now. And Which, so I, six to four, the six-point week. So... If they win this, I am my original prediction because I thought they honestly Indy would not win this against the Riverhounds, who are at the top of the East. Right. Um, Agreed. I, I, know, I wouldn't I think Charleston they would now. Charleston now because Charleston beat River. Anyways, they're top two in the East. Is that I originally had it was like a two-one game, Blue City. I think I'm calling a one-one draw now. Well, you know, kind of looking at some of the stats here. Putting it as plain as I can, Indy scores more and they let up less goals than Blue City on the season, right? Now, you can take that a bunch of different ways. 
I'm taking it on face value. They can score more, and they keep you from scoring more. So to me, I think this has always felt like Indies to lose. Now it is in Louisville, and with a big crowd like they're expecting, maybe that makes a difference. But I've all along been thinking Indy 1-0. Now seeing if they can keep this role like they've got at Pittsburgh tonight going in Louisville on Saturday, they might even take out Lou City 2-3-0. The only reason I'm calling a draw is because of the crowd. That's the only reason I can see the crowd keeping it in it. But as you said, um, also another point is uh, Indy 11 have been awarded the most penalties this year. I don't know if that's really going to affect anything in the Lucid game, but it could. It yeah, could it easily them. could. Um, and just some notes, Lucid is not tied at home. They're a win lo- they're a win or lose team, five and five at home. And they've lost lo- this is the first time Lucid has lost three straight since their first ever season in twenty fifteen in the USL Pro. Which it is heartbreaking for fans, right? Like you can't continue to lose that many matches in a row and keep that, saying like, Hey, come on out to the stadium. Like that, fill it that's up. Heart, that's heartbreaking for fans. But I think another point that just shows you like why so many fans are freaking out right now, even yeah. though they're still in the playoffs, this that's eight years or seven, yeah. seven seasons in between that of just it, dominance. They have not losing three games in a row, like not one bad three-game stretch when you were champions or any of that sort of thing. That's hard to do. That That's yeah. really hard to do just by luck. So I think that's why so many fans are freaking out now because they're like, we're not supposed to be. Like, we're Lou City. We don't do this. Right. Like, this is not in their identity. This, as you mentioned, has not happened yet in franchise history. You know, even when they were just an expansion club, they weren't even taking this many lumps. But I do think that Kyle Adams coming in, well, I don't think he'll start, but like giving them some bench depth in the second half could make the difference at keeping it closer. Uh, but I still think losing Mushigalusa as an attacking player at this point in the season when you're struggling so badly. I think it's going to hurt them more than Kyle Adams can help them. But who knows, John? I mean, we talked about it last week. We thought, um, you know, we talked on Monday that we thought they looked better on Saturday. They did look better at the attack, but what they need now was Galusa gone is they need um, their at least shot on target leader, Wilson Harris, to actually start scoring goals. Right. It's great that he's getting shots on target, but he needs to start converting that to goals. Lancaster and OMB hopefully are both healthy. Yeah. And I, they could pull it out. They could. But it's going to be a tough test if in, Indy's coming in riding high. Well, as much as both of us hate to say it, we both are leaning towards Indy to knock out Lou City. And when that happens, let all chaos break free I am in the city of Louisville. I am or, Yes, for draw. a draw. Yes, you did go for a draw. My apologies. Um, John, let's stay in Louisville. Let's talk about racing Louisville. Um, they head to Houston to take on the Dash in their fifth uh, group stage game of the Challenge Cup, the NWSL Challenge Cup on Saturday evening. Um, 
to me, this seems like it should be a slam dunk, easy win for racing Louisville. Houston's lost three in a row. Um, racing is has gotten points in four out of the last five. They're undefeated so far in the Challenge Cup. Racing has already beaten Houston three to zero, um, and they haven't yeah. lost to Houston in any competition since April of 2022. Mm-hmm. So, to me, this has gotten racing blowing them out. I'm going to go on and say racing three to zero. I, I had racing two to zero. I don't. Uh, another points the dash are with basically about the same number of players out for the World Cup. They're missing five players. Um, another point is to remember Lou uh, Racing has not has only lost three total games. Yeah, across both Challenge Cup and uh, NWSL since the start of May. So Racing is like red hot right now. Yes, they're missing. There's arguably. You could argue six best players, right? But and yet they're, they're still performing, right? Like they're it's, still it's performing. Insane. This is good for depth. This could show good yes. for playoffs. They have not lost or drawn in the Challenge Cup, so there's a part of me that thinks like the time will come, and this could be the game where the time will come because they are going down to Houston, yeah, type thing. But I still think they'll pull it out. I still think it's a two zero win. It's not like a squeeze by. Like it's still a kind of where they were clearly the better team and they won. Yeah. I just see um, Paige and Carson just not letting any chance of them letting something slip by this team. Um, I, I think it'll be a blowout. I'm going to go three Oh again, like I said, but now, John, this could be the game where they concede too. They haven't conceded a goal. Uh, either. You better Cup. knock on wood. You better find some. <laughs> I'm just saying, I believe I firmly believe there's a lot of luck and stuff in soccer, especially that type of thing where like even the famous Arsenal Invincibles, right? They still draw, had a lot of draws. They still kind of let in some goals. So like you can even be one of the greatest teams ever and you still will have like, you're not going to dominate every single game. Right. But you know, we hope they do, and we'll uh, make sure we're watching on Saturday night. But, John, let's jump over to Lexington now uh, as they head down to Richmond, uh, Richmond not Richmond, Kentucky, here. Richmond, Virginia, uh, yeah. to play the Richmond Kickers. What? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, my here. God. I have it backwards. Yes. <laughs> Richmond is coming here. My apologies, Kickers. Uh, you don't get the home game. Um kind of looking at where they're at right now, right? Richmond is in seventh and barely hanging on to those last couple of playoff spots. Lexington is in 10th, but a win against Richmond would be huge for their playoff chances. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Richmond is just outside looking in uh, with Omaha holding the sixth and final spot. Um, we are uh, – Omaha has 25 points. Lexington has 17 uh, so it is, they're still not like this win, like puts them in type thing. No. But it gets them within the conversation. It gets them within yep. two games of the conversation, especially when we have NOCO coming up. And But outside of NOCO, the rest of August looks very winnable. They play yeah. like Fuego again. They play Knoxville again, who right now is not looking good. 
um, and that type of thing. Omaha again. Yeah, Omaha is beat. We've shown we can beat them. Now they could be out for revenge. That type of thing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they Rich- will be. <laughs> so Richmond is one, two, and two in their last five, with both losses being on the road. They have not yep. won on the road since the end of April. They have three total wins on the road. Two of those are in March, and then their last one was the end of April. So the, Richmond has not won on the road in two, three, three months. That that can, I'm not saying Lexington will dominate, but if we keep up the form and the guys have more experience with this three five, three five two, if they're running it, we could see they could it could have just been like an Omaha type thing. We'll see. Um, I do think they can pull it out of this. They only lost to Richmond two to one. They did uh, last time back in May, and I firmly believe uh, so. That game was scoreless going into like the sixty fifth, sixty eighth minute, and Charlie Matchell got hurt, and he came out, and then all of a sudden, like two goals within ten minutes for Richmond. And, and that's I what I was going to say. Like very it, much it was two zero. Until the ninety-plus minute when it they Lexington made it two-one, so it was close by the scoreboard, but on the field it it wasn't yeah. necessarily last, that close after the Mitchell last, went out. Yeah, yeah, the last twenty or thirty minutes after Mitchell, Mitchell, sorry, walked <laughs> off because of his injury. I it just kind of affected it, and that's where you truly see it. He's the unsung hero of the team, him and Don Smart, that that people don't realize. Like, I saw some people that were hating on Charlie early in the year because he, like, some of that, that type of thing. He's, there's so much more to a captain than, like, being super intense, in a right. sense. Or scoring and a lot of goals. Or scoring or that type of thing. There's a lot to it. Uh, the best case I can think is Pollo for Barcelona. Like, he was a great He's a world-class center back, but if you watch those games, he was not the best player on that team a lot of the times. Yeah, But he was a leader, and Charlie is a leader, and that team was very shooken up when Charlie left because that was actually like the first time I think he walked off the field. Yeah, I can't like, fully recall. He's He has played in every game, right? Because he didn't even miss after that, did he? Uh, he didn't miss. He hasn't started every game, but I believe mm-hmm. he came on against Charlotte. I think Charlotte or Fuego, he didn't start, but he came on later. Um, but yeah, him, Killian Fox, and Owen Green have played in every game. Off the top of my head, Fox is the only one to start every game because Owen Green's streak was broken this past game. Um, but yeah, those three are like our crucial core of players um fox and machel are part of the leadership team as well as admiral knight and Don smart so like they're all part of the core so those guys are very crucial i am very concerned if both fox and machel weren't are on the field ever because i don't necessarily maybe if don smart's on there on the field he could rally some stuff but i would be very concerned that they're not on the field together they yeah. work well together they have experience they both play the fc tucson together there's a lot of connection got the there. chemistry there between them so i'm picking lexington to win two to one uh i don't know 
right? Like I, I am still holding out that Lexington can do this back to back, get the points that they need, and show up that they are a, a, a playoff contender, right? They had that huge win last week, no doubt. And Richmond is lost, like you mentioned earlier, John. But I feel like Richmond is coming to Lexington to put on a show and to get back up the ladder for them. Because if they win, they can actually jump up a little bit on in the playoff uh, picture as well. So it's not like they're way far out like Lexington and you're just kind of playing for pride or maybe a far shot at the playoffs. Like Richmond's coming here to win. I think Lexington will be better than they have been, including, you know, what they did last week, right? So I think it's going to be a draw. I'm saying 1-1, maybe 2-2 with some shenanigans at the end uh, for somebody to make it even. Yeah, I, I can see a draw coming out. Uh, I'm The reason I picked a win is because Lexington is really good at home. They are. We've only lost two games. Out of, out of nine games, we picked up points in seven of them. Yeah. It so that kind of pushes me 15, towards that draw. Yeah, 15 out of the Lexington 17 total points have come at home. That's the only reason I'm picking a win. If we were going to Richmond again, I could see a draw, especially after the big win, them coming off a no-co loss. That's where I could see a draw if we were going back to Richmond. Yeah. But they're coming home. They're, they're staying home, that type of thing. I don't think Richmond's going to be at home. Like, I don't think they went home at all because they were in NOCO. It wouldn't make sense to go all the way to Richmond. To that sense. They could have. I don't necessarily know. Yeah, that's kind um, of a hard one, right? Like, they're an East Coast team, and their second opponent in the row on the road is also kind of East Coast-ish. I mean, Lexington's pretty far inland, but... Lexington is the fifth most Western team in the conference, in the league. <laughs> Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but, um, well, for now, we'll become like number six. No, not number seven. Yeah, with the two teams that are coming in next year. Yeah. Santa, Santa Barbara. I think, I, I think both are coming in next year. That's why they've launched their names. I know Spokane is at least. Yeah. The, mon- the Spokane Monster Energy. Um, <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you? Once someone showed me that, I couldn't. I'm sorry. I already think... <laughs> I'm going to go on a little rant here. I already think the name's a little stupid because if you watch their video they released, it's like water and all this stuff. I was like, okay, it's going to be water-related something. And they're like velocity. And apparently it's because one of the rivers, like the river that goes through the bridge, which I like the logo because it's supposed to be a homage to this bridge. All four. I'm okay. That's okay. It looks like the Monster Energy blue cans. (laughs) But I understand it. The logo I'm okay with. The name... Like, velo- fast-moving rivers is not something, like, unique to anywhere. Nope. nope. <laughs> anywhere. Like, pigeon, the Pigeon River down <laughs> in Tennessee, I have whitewater rafted, which is funny enough. If you do that, there's a big old rock when you start on it that has some guy's, like, name on it. That was reassuring, especially after the one time I went. It was like the river's running really high today. We're having our A team, and then literally, like, uh, like when you drop into this river, there's just this big rock with this guy's name on it and dates. So, oh god! I'm like, yeah, I'm a little 16 year old thinking like, 
Well, hey, you survived it, though. And, you know, they couldn't go with, like, you know, white caps, and they couldn't go with, like, I don't know, Waterfall or... They should have gone the Spiders, which were a team that was in there mm. that, that played in Spokane back in the 90s. And people even loved it even more because they could have done the Spiders, and they're playing to a W League side, and W League side could be the Black Widows. Oh, now that would have been, been so cool. so dope. But no, they went velocity. And I like the colors. I like the name. The name is mid. I don't, as much as people don't like that we go the European route of just like FC type stuff, I don't like the name, the city name FC or city Mm -hmm. name SC. Like the, uh, for prelude to the draft of the title, if you're looking at this and wondering why we're not talking about drafting usl teams like rio grande valley torino's fc Blech. way way too long on that central valley fuego fc way Awful. too long on the name el paso locomotive fc just be the el paso locomotive just don't right. add the don't FC. Put the stuff. FC. That's i'm exactly fine with the name say. i'm fine if you want to do the the american style of having a mascot name or that type of thing or just go the route of like lexington or one Knox in a sense yep where it's like or city united something right yeah just go that route don't uh, do like city nickname and we're gonna be a sporting soccer football whatever you want to call it right we're you don't want to be the um the kitchen selectives um whitewater rapids united football soccer club like that's just way too long also that is just things that were in front of me (laughs) yeah um but anyways uh you may see some of those teams that you named uh with those long unnecessary names uh they're definitely dropping in our draft later and i cannot wait but before we get to that john um let's jump over the pond uh to Australia for this one? Or are they still no? They're still I believe, in New Zealand. I believe all of America's group stages are in New Zealand. Like every America. group, every group wherever yes. they're playing is within that country. They're not like bouncing between the countries. Good. So what we're saying is for uh, the American Outlaws and everybody that are in New Zealand, uh, you all have made that America West at this point. But Team USA uh, women's national team plays tonight against the Netherlands at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Um, And this is a critical match in this group. Um, Winner or draw here will really go a long way to determine who wins this group. This, of course, is a rematch from the 2019 finals. And a little historical fact here for you, John. Um, This is the first time that a mat a world cup final mat rematch is happening in the group stage for any tournament men's or women's uh, so that is very interesting oh it's extremely interesting i will say to the point uh the winner of this game wins the group yep and a set a draw would make things very interesting solely because netherlands has vietnam next and the u.s mm-hmm. has portugal Yep. And Portugal, if they get a draw, or if they beat Vietnam, Portugal's plan to win then. Because Portugal can still can still uh, make out of the group and knock the USA out. 
where yep. if Vietnam, if Portugal beat Vietnam, Vietnam's out of it. They're done. Like they can't win. So the U.S. cannot afford a draw because that could make the their last game very interesting. Because I yeah, don't see Vietnam beating Portugal. I don't see either team winning that one. I think that's got a draw written all over it. So to me, it, it is going to come down to, even with a draw here, I, these are the best two teams in this group. These are the two teams that should advance. So I'm really interested to, to watch this tonight and see, are they playing for a draw? Or is one team going to make some moves late to go for the win? And then do they get that win or does it, inevitably hurt them and they wind up losing yeah don't let their scores of their past games fool you both of these teams were dominant in those games across both games uh the netherlands only let portugal have two shots the u.s didn't let vietnam have a single shot uh the netherlands for those who watch the men's game very much play like their men's side it's very much count it's very much the let you have the ball counterattack. Now, I think the U.S. could very much capitalize against a counterattacking heavy side, depending on where we play personnel. And that's what I'm most curious about. I don't know if the lineup's been dropped yet or not. That's what I was just looking for, and I don't see it yet. Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, Savannah DeMillo back in the starting lineup after the impressive uh, match uh, last Ertz. week, where do they have Ertz? Um, Julie Ertz is in the starting lineup, uh, along with Alex Morgan, uh, Crystal Dunn, Trinity Rodman, and then of course you know uh, uh, the rest of the cast. There, I thought I had seen somewhere that Rose Lavelle was supposed to be in the starting lineup tonight, but a lot of people speculated. That when DeMello was subbed off for Rose Lavelle in the Vietnam game, because Rose Lavelle is coming, she's like coming off of an injury. Like she's not, she wasn't like fresh off injury, but she wasn't like able to fully participate in camp and stuff, like Max Health. That like, right. oh, that's just DeMello started against Vietnam. This is to get Lavelle playing time and she'll start against, uh, the Netherlands. I honestly think the I can't pronounce our coach's last name, but uh, nope. the U.S. coach is leaning, in, in my opinion, as he should, on his youth because mm -hmm. he's going. We have young guns. Yes, they're not experienced, but they're good. There's no reason I should be playing Roosevelt or Megan Rapino just because they're the star. Right type thing. We and, saw that with Brazil. Marta's not starting just because she's at the start. Like they're very tactically sound in the women's game. They're not just gonna play a player to solely play a player. They wanna win. Or do yeah, their best and, to win. And I think that's one of the biggest differences in this team, right? Like, yes, you've got your Megan Rapinos, your Julie Ertz, et cetera, et cetera. But then you've got that middle group of like Rose Lavelle who injured albeit um, but Lindsay Horan and then you've got this whole new group this young nucleus uh, led by Sophia Smith uh, Trinity Rodman uh, Savannah DeMillo so you've got a really interesting group here and at least from the first game uh, it seems like you know the coach has done a really good job of integrating 
both young and experienced players at the right times. Uh, so I really, I don't see the USA losing this one. I don't know how many they'll score. I don't think they'll score more than two um, because yeah. the Dutch keeper is pretty solid. Uh, so to me, I think this is going to be a 2-1 with a late U.S. winner. I have a 1-0. I have a 1-0 victory. I don't see. This is why I have confidence in the U.S. even regardless of our age is our back line is the experience. So it's yep. like our up. It gets you go from the front is more young as you go down towards our keeper and stuff, it's where the experience comes out. And I think that's what plays our strengths. We can go, go be a young attacker, go literally shoot as much as you want. Our back line, our experience, they have a lot of playing time together. They know what they're doing and they can bail you out type thing. They shouldn't rely on that type of style, but it is the sense of a bat. If it was flipped, I'd be a little more worried. Yeah. That, that would be a little bit more concerning uh, because when you're facing a team like the Dutch, right, like they're going to get you. Like they're going to put pressure on you. They're going to turn you over and they're going to play their, you know, that total football uh, kind of thing and really get after you. Yeah. They're going to make you make a play yep. and that they want you to make said play and then they're just going to carve you up. Yep, they're going to hit you on the counter, and you know that's how they're going to do their damage. But so again, that match kicks off three zero Indy. Get ready, Louisville fans. Uh, (laughs) That match for Team USA uh, kicks off here in about uh, what is that? Fifteen, eighteen minutes, minutes yeah, seventeen, eighteen minutes. Well, directly probably twenty-seven because no no games actually kick off at their said kickoff time. Yeah, that's. That's another topic for another day. but So that will wrap up uh, the bottom line for today. Um, I also want to say, if you enjoy this content and you really want to continue to be a part of our community, you should uh, buy me a coffee. Uh, we really appreciate any of the support. Um, there are different tiers on there. You can donate any amount. Um, we, we don't ask for anybody to, to donate, uh, or we don't require it to be a part of any of our community or anything like that. But any donation is always really well supported and goes directly to uh, the show here and making sure that we can go out and and cover as much soccer across the state as we can. But, John, with that out of the way, let's go off the top. Now, for this week's off the top, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a preamble and set the stage for everybody because I had a crazy idea on Monday, and I threw it out to our producer and I threw it out to John, And I just was like, hey, what if we start with what John uh, created last week for you all um, on the website, the article about what if there was a natural pyramid for promotion and relegation from MLS on down? What if we took that concept and turned it into a draft format uh, between John and I uh, to see where we think teams will fall? Now, I think no matter what happens, if the MLS is included or if the MLS is not included, there's no shot, no shot that any MLS team is starting out lower than the highest tier, right? Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. If we're including the MLS in this, it could. Ch- I don't see them changing, but that could also change how we do 
to rest, but this is more based on my realistic USL version. Yep. Throw, but we're throwing in NISA into this just to have, because with NISA and adding expansion sides and clubs on hiatus, we get an even number of 60 instead of like a weird 46, 45 to throw across three teams, three leagues. So bear with us because we're doing some extra work to make numbers work, but yes. <laughs> and I will say, so we're going to do this over three weeks, right? So, uh, this first week, uh, we're going to do the the premier group. So that top tier, uh, what would be, you know, if USL solely does uh, promotion and relegation, this would be the absolute top. Next week, we're going to dive into the middle. And then the final week of the series, we'll do um, that bottom tier. Um, I have some surprise picks uh, for that bottom tier. Uh, and I'm continuing to do my research and continuing to look at, okay, who is a real viable option for that? But for some of these clubs, we don't know how they could do. So um, for an example, right, if you look at a team like Appalachian FC um, out of Boone, North Carolina, they had a great run, made it to the second round of the Open Cup, right? Fantastic yeah, USL two side. Yeah, they're a USL two side and a NISA uh, NISA or no NPSL side, right? So they're not at the same competition level. We have no, I have no clue. I mean, John, if you do, please tell me. I have no clue about their financial situation. I can see some information about attendance, but not much. So when we so, get to that final week, I'm pulling some different things up because I want to bring some other teams to the table. Yes. Um, in general, the MPSL, UPSL, USL League Two, it's there's like 200, 300 clubs, <laughs> it's something across across those things. So we can't. If you want want us to consider a club, or at least me to consider a club, give us a reason. Hit Please. us up on Twitter, Instagram, yep. message us in our Discord. Give us the case for your team or whatever side you want. In that case, to me, um, this is a bit of a spoiler. My third division is basically all NISA and the expansion sides, the USL yeah. expansion sides. Because I'm, if you're doing this, they shouldn't buy into above league. It should just be you can buy into our very bottom tier. And if you want to play in Premier, you gotta win. Right. So I'll I'll give a spoiler here. If you're a fan of teams like Tallahassee Sporting Club or so Tallahassee Soccer Club, uh, Denton Diablos, Iowa Raptors FC. Uh, Dakota Fusion FC. If you're a fan of those, well, first off, hey, welcome. We're in Kentucky. Thank you for listening. Uh, but secondarily, let us know why your team should be in what league. I will um, let. I will genuinely listen if you give me a good case for like Fort Wayne, or um, that's a good choice. Do the Rhinos still exist? The Rochester uh, Rhinos. They still they exist. do in League Two. Okay, Rochester Rhinos in that case, because they are they are technically an historic club. If you give me an arguable case for your club, I will very much consider putting them in above the third tier. Because right now, like I said, Nisa, because even though they're third division, they're kind of, they're like the most random third division out there. They're yep. 
their reporting sucks. Their statistical <laughs> stuff st- sucks. It just trying to watch their games. Oof. Yeah, it sucks. Anywho, so th- them and expansion sides, like I've stated, because I don't believe you should be able to buy into a different tier, are my bottom tier. If you believe that mm, Appalachian I, I FC that. is above those teams just by being in their semi-professional league stance. I'll hear you out. I will ignore financials and hear you out for why they should make <laughs> such a high jump. Absolutely. But, John, to get us started here, I'm going to flip a coin on my phone here, and I want you to call it, okay? So, three, two, one, call it. Tails. It's tails. Well done, John. Bet. So, you get the first pick tonight. Um, I will get the first pick next week. And then we'll right. flip again for the final week. So, John, who is the first team you are taking into the USL Premier League? All right. My first team is pretty easy. This should should be a top-tier team at the Richmond Kickers. Oh, be- you sucker. Solely because they have they have been regular season champions. They've been, won existence till, since 1993. So I'm taking sporting merit and history. This type of thing. They've been regular season champions. They have made 24 playoff appearances since their inception. They have three league titles. Now they don't have any USL titles. They have made eight playoff finals. So whatever league they've been, they played in their final eight times. They've won only one three of those, but they've been in there. And they won the Open Cup in 1995. No other side in currently in USL or NISA has won the Open Cup. There has been some runner-ups, and some have made the semifinal. They're, my only knock against Richmond is, historically, they only average about 2,600 fans, and they do not have a soccer-specific stadium. Yes, the pitch is soccer-specific, but the actual stadium itself was not built for soccer. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's why I would consider kind of, because they're the only ones that use it, but it's in the sense of like Detroit City's yep. stadium or Forward Madison where they f- just found an old stadium and they retook it. So now where they are, the sole users of it or the primary users of it. The stadium itself is not solely built as a soccer Pacific stadium. So... I am very upset that you took that because so I ranked one, two, and three of the teams that I had to get. Like these were the three that I was like, I want to make sure I say these. And dang it, Richmond was second on my list. What do you have in front of them? I have one team ahead of them, and I don't think I can go to a certain city in this state without picking them number one. That's right. My first pick for a team that should stay or should go to this USL Premier League is Louisville City FC. They have multiple championships. They have two league championships. They have eight playoff appearances. They've had multiple runs in the Open Cup, getting all the way to the quarterfinals recently. They are by far one of the highest attended clubs across the country and across any league. Um, especially if you look at like percentage of attendance versus like, you know, some people with larger stadiums, of course, are going to have more attendance. But I think Lou City is the example 
in exactly how you should run your club. And I am so glad that they are in this state and I get to cover them. Yeah, they're de- they were definitely on my pick, and they are the leader in USL titles. So by USL titles, I'm ca- going from 2010 onward. I'm yep. not. I'm doing of the consistent active USL format. I'm not going back to the 90s type thing. His one records are weird on that, but this is consistent. Uh, the only knock. I will have against Slough City is they've never finished number one ever. They've yeah. never finished number one, so they don't have a regular season title. But other than that, they have the most USL titles. They've made four finals, quarterfinal, and they are second, according to mine, of average, which I took any season I could find average attendance on, add it all up and divide it by the number of seasons, and they have a soccer-specific stadium. So I'm Blue City definitely belongs up there. Now, this is a 20-team league, people. So there's yep. Oh, we should have said room. that at the start. There's plenty of room for some teams that you could question. Yep. But these, I think I think it will take us getting around 15 before you could generally be like, well, should they? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, John, um, who is your second team? Like I said, I, I have to respect the OGs. My next up are the Charleston Battery. They were also Good formed. Good pick. They were formed a little later after the Kickers, but still in 1993 was their first season. This is kind of where you go by when the team was like launched. The yep. Kickers are older. They have they have a regular season title. They have 25 playoff appearances, so that they have the most playoff appearances out of anything. And they have the most overall league titles at, at four. They have one USL title. They made four playoff finals. They have been the runners up in the Open Cup. They have a soccer-specific stadium, but also because soccer was weird in the South for a while, their numbers are it hurt. still is, arguably. Well, it it's weird. It's truly weird. People still think soccer doesn't work in the South, but then MLS has the best, those two best attended games. Granted, they play in football stadiums, but are um, Southern teams. And Na- Nashville is definitely up there, and Nashville probably yeah. could be bigger if Jenison Park was bigger. But Jenison Park is not bigger. It's They're still top five in attendance. but And they are at 2,800 in average attendance. But that again, that's counting way back into the nineties. They're much yeah. more in the four thousand, five thousand range now. Absolutely. No, John, I think it's a great pick. That probably would have been my let's see, one, two, three. That would have been my fourth pick. Uh, so I, I think they absolutely deserve it. Good history, like you you gave a good uh, examples of there. But I'm gonna go from my second pick, a little bit more recent history here. And to me, this team shouldn't be in the USL. This should be and should have been an MLS side. This team has been overlooked uh, by the MLS. I think the pandemic had something to do with that. Uh, And now knowing that San Diego is getting a team, I don't think this team has any chance of moving up uh, in the near future, which is really unfortunate because... Uh, based on the the data that you found, John, like I believe this was the highest average attendance. My second pick, last year's Open Cup runner-ups, Sacramento Republic. 
I think they absolutely deserve to be an MLS franchise. They've proven that they can coach, they can uh, train, and they can really make uh, some noise when they get the opportunity. Yeah, they are the highest average. Now, San Diego isn't their issue. It's San Jose is claiming territory rights because they tried. They tried. And it led to the point where um, San Jose was claiming territory rights, but then you are correct. They are the leader in average attendance by a good chunk, almost 2,000. Uh, they were runners up. They have one USL title. They have that's their only league title. They have only appeared in one playoff. They, granted, they are a younger team. Their first season was only 14. Yep. So this is their 10th season in existence. They are have been regular season champions. They finished. Yeah, second. It's weird because I think they're. Well, my dad is weird. Anyways, <laughs> solid pick. Yeah. John, uh, who are you going for to kick off the third round? My next pick is what I consider the last of the OGs, like the true big three OGs, and that's the Riverhounds. Yep. Um, Great pick. That was my number three as well. Been around since 1999. They have finished top of the league before. They had. They've their third most in playoff appearances. Funny enough that the teams that were launched in the 90s had the most playoff appearances. Uh, oddly enough, they've never won a league title. Never. And that was why they were third for me. And they've never actually played in a playoff final either. Yeah. So they do have a regular season title. They have won. So this is literally, if you want to call a team Spurs, <laughs> Riverhounds are Spurs because they've like yeah. existed up there, but they haven't really won anything but one regular season title. Uh, like even in the Open Cup, the deepest they've ever gone is the quarterfinal, which is t- kind of typical. Where there's many other teams in the USL that have made the quarterfinals. They do have a soccer specific stadium, and their average attendance is around twenty five hundred. So, but for me, the fact that they merely have existed that long is enough that they should be in that top flight regardless. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I was going to pick them third. Uh, Like I mentioned, uh, I think the – so I kind of looked at, like, population density. I also kind of thought about, like, okay, what does the rest of that city have as far as professional sports go? So to me, Pittsburgh was almost a guaranteed um, to make it in, right? and I use that same logic into my third pick. Um, this is a newer team. However, they've got a beautiful soccer-specific stadium just for them. They draw almost 6,000 uh, capacity or uh, average attendance, I should say. They've only been around since 2016, but they already have a league title, and they've gotten four playoff appearances in that time. My third pick, San Antonio FC. I'll pick. God, I'll pick. I, they're, they're, I'm fine with them overall. This early, I question, but overall, I'm fine with them. They're a good team now. The only reason I questioned is due to uh, there's three MLS teams in Texas. True, but like, that's the only. The only. Re- this is me thinking realistically. If the U.S. was actually going to do this, TV market, TV revenue. Mm-hmm type of thing you're competing with three other teams 
for that TV market. That's the only reason I could see the San Antonio not starting in the premiere. I could see them starting in the championship. But knowing their, how well they've been playing recently, they'd be one of the first promoted type thing, right. in my opinion. But this, that's realistic. Now, for the top 20, definitely they're a top 20 team in history that are still running right now. Yeah, and, and I really – I think you brought up a great point there. Like, Texas crowded right? <laughs> when it comes to uh, TV market uh, and so forth, right? But there's enough space between um, San Antonio and Austin and San Antonio and Houston to kind of fit in. And that city is – they love sports in San Antonio. They were huge supporters of their Spurs. They are, I should say, huge supporters of the Spurs. Um, when the XFL had a team in there, when the AAF had a team down there, like they were leading in attendance in both uh, leagues. So like they love sports. They love the San Antonio FC. And I just think, you know, you get a little bit of that Latin culture in there being so close to Mexico and stuff like that as well. I think they, they feel like a natural fit in the top for me. That's fair. But let's move right. on to the fourth round now, John. Who you got? All right, this is I am picking this team more for shock factor because I, in my opinion, this is the only current Nisa side that I what? think has some, and it's Chattanooga FC. What? The only reason Chattanooga FC are, in terms of all the teams we picked, they've won the regular season the most with nine. They have twelve playoff appearances. They do also like Riverhound. They have no league titles, but they've played in the final four times. They haven't made a great deep run, but Chattanooga FC one got done dirty by the USL League one with Chattanooga Red Wolves. They are well supported, and I just I don't like the Red Wolves. I don't like how it's the same thing with the MLS and the Lo- against the Loyal. I don't like this franchise thing coming in. They, they, I'm making this just for shock factor. I'm not saying they're a top team in a sense. They're probably 19th or 20th in this league. But that, in my opinion, if you want to do like a shock factor league of, that has merit, Chattanooga FC are the ones. Holy crap. Uh, I had them at the very bottom of my League One picks. Um, wow, John coming off the top rope with uh, the deep pull there of Chattanooga FC. I mean, hey, look, you know, let's also be honest, right? There are some personal biases that we all have when we just see these clubs, right? And I do like that logo more than I like the Red Wolves logo. And I... I like that they play in a big stadium and you know, they play in the big football stadium there in Chattanooga. You know, I wish they had their own uh, pitch that they could just kind of put on top of the football lines or something, but that's just me being picky. Uh, they draw pretty well. Uh, they definitely draw better than the Red Wolves. And that little rinky dink stadium that the Red Wolves have, it, it doesn't look good on TV. Maybe in person it's yes, a good one. That stadium is weird. Their camera yeah. well is stupidly placed. Oh my not god! It's high so enough. No, it's not high enough. And then it's like they did the U wrong. Yeah, because they have only typically when soccer teams do a U, it's behind one goal, and they have stand 
stands running up both uh, lengths. Theirs is reversed. They have it behind yep. both goals and then just one side. Kind of like Richmond has, but Richmond Stadium wasn't built as a soccer-specific stadium. This one was. I just don't. I don't get it. But we'll get to Red Wolves eventually, right? Yes. Um, so FC, you know, people, FC is so out of the way that it, they, it just got <laughs> The logo is not on our chart. No, no, no. We'll get there eventually. Um, wow. I am stunned. Um, and almost you always had to have a little. Club. You always have to have a little club, like a random little club, like the Premier League. If you think about, it, there's always those little clubs that are there, like Brentford, right? So this is like my Brentford. There's this club that probably doesn't deserve to be there, but in my opinion, they based off of the fact they haven't joined the USL. But in my opinion, they are one of the better supported clubs in the country with a second team there. Anyways. And they're still well supported, and they've been around, and like I said, they've consistently been good. They have, they have. Wow, John! Like I, I am shook, uh, and I'm really having to reevaluate my entire uh, thought process now. Um, but for for my next pick, what is this? The my fourth pick? Does that sound right? Yes, because I went first. Yeah. I'm going to go with a team that I absolutely despise. I hate them. I hate the city. I hate every team in that city. Uh, I hate the Colts. I hate the Pacers. If they have a baseball team, I hate them. If they have a hockey team, I hate them. I am begrudgingly going with Indy 11. Um, Another team that is really well supported. They have a god-awful stadium. Like It is trash on trash on trash. It is awful. Like, I hate that they even have to play there. I wish they still played at Lucas Oil. At least at that, it felt more professional. This gives very amateur vibes. For now, Uh, though. Do what? For now, though, they have the chance. I believe it's being built because they're trying to get an MLS themselves. They're building a $1 billion stadium. So if they don't get an MLS... They arguably have a better stadium than most MLS sides coming. Right. It, and it's, oh my God, this is a, that's another thing that burns me up, right? So if they get that proposed stadium, it, oh, I hate saying this. It will be better than Lynn Family. I'm sorry, but it will be better. Oh God, I hate every fiber of my being right now, John. Uh, some quick facts about them. Lynn Family, so. We'll get I you there. I promise. Go to a game there. Uh, their highest finish, at least on points in the regular season, has only been second. They've made three playoff appearances, and they have not yet won a league title. Uh, their best uh, open cup performance was only getting to the fourth round. So there's a little Which, bit of ambiguity there, but there's still room to grow. I will state the fourth round, depending on when they did it, is technically the round of 32. Right. Technically, depending on what year it was, the round of 32 is a very new thing in the Open Cup. So any team we mentioned that's like, oh, their highest finish was the round of 32. I went off by the highest finish, as it was called, that year. So the fourth round is technically the round of 32, just it was different. Yeah. Uh, Team USA has kicked off seventh minute, zero score. Michael, Uh, uh, 
sorry, but again, sporting merit. A team has played one year. I'm not going <laughs> all the way up. To the hey, Michael, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. I promise. Um, John, let's go to the fifth round. Who are you taking? My fifth pick. Sorry, you caught me you eating. Um, this team definitely would be brought up if they had to choose. They're wanting to go back up in North Carolina FC. They hosted oh, the toll. Yeah. They have hosted uh, Sunderland. They hosted the soccer tournament. Um, they have they have uh, where come back here. They have two, yeah, two regular season titles, seven playoff appearances. They've been in the final once. They have made the semifinal of the Open Cup. They draw about just around thirty seven hundred. Uh, the stadium is also where with uh, the North Carolina Courage, where NWL side, NWSL side. So, I think in general, and they're not in Charlotte. Right. Sorry, Charlotte Independence. They're at least decently away from Charlotte, where I feel like they can survive. And as their numbers have shown, they're still surviving. That's the type of sense. And I believe they deserve in it. Because, like we've seen, they're ter- in terms of the team that can bring people in to America, at least foreign clubs, it's North Carolina FC. And, you know, they have a beautiful facility, right? Like, it, it's not the greatest single stadium. In any league, you know, it, it's really nice. It truly is, but it, it's not the nicest. However, I think if you put them in the top tier and they're getting more income from TV sponsorships and so forth and so on, like I think that place will literally be a jewel, even more so than it is already. And recently so, reported, there, there's talks of them wanting to go back up into the championship. I believe they dropped because of some financial stuff that could be COVID related. Whatever. I they just they belong. North Carolina has so many teams for a reason. They have a USL two side and twenty three. If you want in terms of a, a a club that has like everything, academy, W sides, all that sort of sense, they are the perfect ones from like League One to go up and make that big of a jump. Absolutely. Uh, so that puts us at 10, right? Like we are halfway done with our first round. If here. you you make your pick, it'd be at 10. We're at oh, nine. did I? Oh, hold on. Maybe my math is off. Uh, LOL. I already highlighted this team. Uh, so that's where it was. So this will uh, make the halfway point here. John, this city has not had a lot of um, professional sports over the years. Um, it has traditionally not been a city that most have thought could host um, professional sports of any kind uh, just because of the nature of uh, what people go to this city for. Uh, but the NFL took a shot not, and, and went there, and they have a beautiful stadium, and they have absolutely shown that as a city they can host high-quality athletics, and they can put on a show in so many ways. The lights have never been brighter in Las Vegas. Welcome to the premiership, Las Vegas Lights. They play in a baseball stadium. (laughs) 
You're saying that a team that plays soccer in a baseball stadium, <laughs> which I know some Lou fans are reminiscent and nostalgia over playing at Slugger Field or not Slugger Field. I forget the name of the Louisville no, Sl- Slugger Field. That's what I would call it. Um, I don't know if it has a professional name, like a bank or whatever. Is a beautiful stadium for soccer. So and yes, they they make sense. They make sense on paper, in my opinion. They'd be if the MLS was going to go to thirty-two, they'd be one of the two. Yep. But I in ter- if you want in terms of sporting merit, their best finish is thirteenth. It is. I hey, look, man. The performance on the pitch has not been there. Point blank. Period. <laughs> Even their attendance in their baseball stadium isn't great. But if you put them in Allegiant consistently, my God, turn the lights off. No question, they would be a success. There is nobody. I have a theory here, and hang with me on this, John. I think Messi, because he, as part of coming to you know America, right, I think part of his deal is to get an MLS franchise at a reduced rate. Yes, I think he's going to Vegas. It. I think I, there's I, money no. to be made there. No, I think he's going to stay in Florida or Hispanic anyways. Where? I Where think he is. No, Jacksonville? Get the Tampa F out of Bay. here. He would take, yeah, I think he, Ugh, I think he, I think he would partner with the Rowdies. I could see Ugh. Messi doing that. You also remind me of the Messi fan that were all leaving the uh, my, Inter-Miami game after Messi got subbed off. Did you see that video? <laughs> I did. That would be you. I did. It would not be me because I have been a day one fan, but I would think about it. Oh yes, think about it. So right, my just recapping before before you uh, you break us into the back half of the Premier League. We have Sacramento Republic, Richmond Kickers, Charleston Battery, Pittsburgh River Hounds, San Antonio FC, Lou City, Las Vegas Lights, Indy Eleven. I gotta scroll down here. North Carolina FC. And Chattanooga FC, what a premiership so far. Holy crap. <laughs> Send us into the back half, John. All right, so my next pick is, you could say this is density, and this is, this. if anything is my homework bias, this is this, Detroit City FC. Finally, um, I was waiting for you to take them. I didn't, see, here's the thing. I picked Chattanooga as off the top just to be, have craziness but th- if you want a club that has literally like the best territory the only reason the mls hasn't gone there because there's some some like fan divides about it there's not an mls team in cleveland which is the closest city so they would compete with chicago or columbus they are literally mm-hmm. all by themselves up there there are some nisa size with the michigan gold stars and the I don't miss just the, the Michigan stars. I don't know. These teams I've never even heard of until I actually like started like actively following lower league soccer. And I learned like, Oh, you're apparently in my neighborhood. But <laughs> Detroit city has Detroit United, right? Like in the city, that's Detroit got a little United. bit of a following. T- very tiny following, like the most tiny, but Detroit city FC has been well documented as our, you could say the best lower league side 
fan supporter wise, you could argue in terms of supporter section, um, in general, uh, they have a very nostalgic stadium. Can get gives that kind of esque. It's kind of weird. It's very weird and very old, but it has that esque. Very old. Holy God, it's old. It's decrepit. It's barely walking. It's terrible. Have you gone there? Have no. you been there? Then you shush. <laughs> but <laughs> it is old, but it's nice. I really think, and I've said this to you before, um, I really think you put that team in Ford Field and you cover that and make it a you know a soccer stadium, no question they're going on like they're going places. Ford Field has has hosted like uh both national teams have played there, Manchester yes. United has played there. Ford Field had like uh, bad news here. 17th minute, Netherlands 1, USA 0. Oof. Oof. Yeah, it, it's only the 17th, so we can bounce back from that. because uh, we're talking about Detroit. Shush you. <laughs> There's I some others. Uh, Indy 11 versus Riverhounds finished 3-1. Uh, to one. Uh Lexington is not the only team to get clapped at their home stadium. Madison <laughs> lost. Madison lost four to one after scoring the opening goal in twenty seconds. Sheesh. To Tormenta, too. So we're like Tormenta is the one that goes in and beats people. Um, yeah, but it's not you. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, Detroit City, good pick. Uh, I do think in a. At least a stadium that looks a little bit newer, and I don't, I don't. Where is that stadium in relation to the city? So Detroit has two cities within it, uh-huh. and it's in Hamtramck. So, in terms of if you're going to like Fort Field or Comerica Park, it's like twenty minutes oh. northwest ish. In terms of like city driving, because yeah. you can't. But it's in this middle of this neighborhood type thing. It's very much a Luton town esque, if you want to think about it. Like it's literally like you're walking past townhouses, and then there's just this stadium. Okay, my pick. Mm-hmm. And I've hit all of the teams that I feel really comfortable being in. Well, except for your Chattanooga off the out of nowhere. Shoo. Uh, so uh, there are a lot of teams that are in a similar bubble, right? Like attendance about the same for a lot of these clubs that are, that are left here on my list. So I think I'm going to go a little off the board for this one. And I'm going to go with. Union Omaha to the Premier. Now, before you think, wow, he has really lost his marbles. Uh, one, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, secondarily, that run that they had in the Open Cup uh, last year, the year before, really showed that this team can uh, be a professional club, right? And you're in a desert. Like you're you have no competition. Your only competition in the city of Omaha is the College World Series, which is a very short amount of time. 
They also have the, the Omaha Storm Chasers, which are the Royals AAA affiliate. Who cares? That, that's not. <laughs> and they've got two. They have. Oh, I just hit my mic. Uh, they've got two baseball stadiums that they play in. Um, you know, so sometimes the, the big club will play. The baseball team will play in the, the big park downtown, and Union will go out and play with the smaller one. But. Um, your only competition really is the college world series, which would be one weekend or two weekends at the most that you're on the road. And then you do have to worry about uh, the university of Nebraska football down in Lincoln uh, for the fall. But other than that, the entire spring, the majority of the summer, you got no competition. It's a growing city. Warren Buffett is from there and is constantly there investing in the city in so many different ways. I know they've only had, they have finished once uh, in uh, the regular season. They've got three playoff appearances. They've got a league title. But I really think you put this team up in the premiership and they're going to stay. I think they have the capability to do so. I think there's other factors at play that why they're not there right now in the championship, but because they're young, they're part of the like, if y'all look at most USL league one sides, a lot of them were launched at the same time when the league launched. So I think that was more the USL telling union Omaha, why don't you go to this league? A little easier. Don't have to spend as much money. Type thing. Um, yeah, they're a solid pick. I think they could definitely deserve to stay. It's the middle of the country. Yep. They're, they'd be on their own in terms of in this league of people they would have to compete against. Absolutely. All right. So, who you got next, Mr. John? I have the biggest club in South Beach. Miami FC. Oh, get the F out of here. Get <laughs> out of here. You're talking about the only club that plays in Dade County right now? Get out of here. Miami FC has three playoff appearances. They have three league titles. Not USL titles, they have three league titles. They have six playoff appearances, three regular season championships. They have been in the final three times. They've made the corner final of the Open Cup. They draw roughly 2,000 fans. They don't in play a in a giant stadium. It looks like three people are there at every game. Uh, shall we pull up Inter Miami's uh, <laughs> attendance prior to Messi being signed? Hey, now hold up, chill, chill, man, chill. But this, I honestly can see that them challenging it. Miami is also a big enough city; it's a Latin capital of America. Like eighty percent of the place is Latin American. I fully see Miami being a city that can fully support two professional soccer teams. I don't know about that. Um, I, I, I tried to stay away from that. So um, I had them down in league one because I wanted to keep some massive separation in um, a lot of these cities. So I know uh, some Louisville fans, if you know, like Louisville Metro, Sorry, they're not making the list solely because Lou City, right? Like that's not a big enough market to support two teams. Jimmy I don't like, like the idea. Derbies. 
I mean, maybe in the Open Cup if you get to that point or something like that, but I don't like this, you know, New York Jets, New York Giants, you know, New York Knicks, New York Islanders, Rangers, New Jersey Devils. Like, I, it's too many. Like, I like to spread out the wealth a little bit and really, you know, grow the sport across the country. That's fair. We don't. But yeah, there's a whole big southern cut that we don't have right now. Yeah. I, w- I was getting there, and I was kind of between two teams. Um, so for m- my next pick, oh, but there's another team that's really good that would probably beat both of these teams if they played. All right. So for my next pick here, I'm going to stay in the South, and I'm going to go to a market that is growing, uh, a market that very soon could have some significant college football and significant college uh, sports happening in it just because of league affiliation and stuff like that. Take me down to Birmingham. Give me the Birmingham Legion, uh, and I think they, with the financial support that they would get from – a uh, premier league like this would be able to stay up. Now, this is a, a more newer team. They started in 2019. They don't play in a soccer-specific stadium, but it is a really nice uh, football soccer stadium. They've finished only as high as fifth, but they've made the playoffs four times. No league titles yet. Uh, they did make the quarterfinals of the Open Cup at one point. Uh, and their attendance is a smidge over 3,000 per game. That's fair. They, they don't really have, in general, many teams around them. The closest teams are Chattanooga, really, that they compete with yep. in terms of lower league teams. I'm honestly – there's some – I'll have to look more at the USL and the MPSL and stuff like that. There's some areas where I'm surprised there hasn't been, like, a lower – like, a USL league side. I feel like Mississippi – the Dakotas could definitely be an area. Wait, you, you're talking about some of the states that have some of the sparsest populations as well. You're telling me that like Statesville, Mississippi, where like this, the Mississippi state is at, can't draw 2,000 fans for a soccer game? I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Um, you mentioned the Dakotas. I did look at uh, Dakota Fusion... Uh, let me. T- uh, yeah, Dakota Fusion FC in the MPSL. I did give them a look for that lower tier league. Um, spoiler alert! Sorry to Dakota fans, you d- you did not make it. And they play up in Fargo, where uh, NDSU plays. North yep. Dakota State. Uh, my ne- next pick is going to be West Coast, uh, Orange County SC. They Ooh, are okay. they've the original, basically, original USL, like relaunch USL teams. Uh, they've only finished as high as two on points, but they have seven playoff appearances. They have a USL title. Um, they've been to the round of 16 of the Open Cup, and they host three teams in their stadium because two NISA sides also play in that stadium. So, Yep. They're no, very no major on, on my part. 
they're a, they're a yeah. solid team. I had it's like, I got that yet. It's like LA, in my, or it's like Miami, in my opinion. It's an area that can support a bunch of teams, especially lower league sides type thing. They're not, and if we put, throw in the loyal, that's really their only competition because Sacramento is pretty decently far away. Yeah. So I'm going to close that gap a little bit. Um, and I'm going to go with Phoenix Rising. Um, I know there was a little bit of chatter a couple of years ago about Phoenix getting an MLS side. Uh, so to me, another big market, you know, a team that's had a little bit of success, but not a whole lot yet. Um, highest They have finished first before in their league on points. They've made five different playoff appearances. They've made it to the fourth round of the Open Cup uh, on a little bit over 47,000 at every game on average. So, like, this is a, a nice-ish stadium. It's very basic, but a nice stadium that can be built upon, added to, uh, remodeled very easily. Um, this this would be a nice addition to, to, uh, to the league here. Now, I do say that there is a small chance that, you know, Phoenix could be boiling too hot, uh, literally, um, to where you couldn't have an outdoor stadium, right? Like you, you just couldn't keep playing outside without shade for spectators, um, even in the evenings. So if you tell me that, you know, they would need a, an indoor stadium to be a viable contender, cool. They can just head over to the toaster box where the Arizona Cardinals play. Problem solved. I'm, I, in all honesty, like I understand it's like a, you could say it's a spirit of the game type thing to play in outdoors. I'm not against playing in dome stadiums for soccer. Um, some people are, cause like I said, it's the spirit of the game and in, like they don't do it. You could build a stadium like England has where it's basically like the roof covers everything, but the pitch. Mm-hmm. So people would, depending on the lay, the sun lies, people would at least be in the shade most of the time. But I'm not, Overall, I'm not against dome stadiums. Yeah. If anything, yeah. they can you can use them to be even rattier. Well, and you know, look at um, where Spurs plays. That's not a, a complete dome, right? Like they don't play in a dome. Um, and that's the thing. There's with technology now. I believe the Arizona one is the same way, where you can open the roof. Yeah. Or they have those also there like Jerry's World where they have those big yep. windows to the side. So it's very much not like you're just in a dungeon. Yeah. Um, Five more picks, John. What we got? Uh, my next pick is the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Ugh, I was avoiding them so hard. They're another original. They have a league title. They have two league titles, actually. One USL title. They made it to the round 16. They're like a historic team. They're rebirth of another team. They draw 4,000 fans. Now they play in a very ugly stadium for soccer. Very like ugly. The way, the way they outfit it just looks... Ugh. Yeah, nope. But they have a fan support there. They're very well supported. They're a good team. They've been historically good. You know, only one regular season title, but they've made it 
and made the regular uh, made the playoffs seven times since 2010. I think they're a very solid team for it. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. I think that's a good pick. Um, that stadium really gives me pause on, you know, how can Tampa Bay get a team at this level, right? Like it, it's just such a quirky design, uh, retrofitting into a baseball stadium as they have, like, I don't know, maybe it could work, but I don't know. In, it might need yeah, a new stadium. If the this actually legit happens, if I'm the USL, I'm doing the same thing the MLS said. We will put you in this if you can guarantee us a soccer-specific stadium. So yep. that could affect some clubs. So where, while well, our comments told said put up Lexington, Lexington's getting a soccer-specific stadium eventually. Like it's at least in the works, or they have a place they could build it. That could jump some teams. If the USL is like, we're going to prioritize teams that are either in a soccer-specific stadium or have one being built in that sense. So we'll prioritize them being up, which can force other teams to figure it out. Agreed. Agreed. But You're up. Uh, my next pick here, John. I, I'm going out on a limb for a, a city that really could have this team be something special. Now, the team's performance, no way does it deserve to be at this level. They were only around since 2019. Their best finish was fourth. They've only had one playoff appearance. They did make a third round of an Open Cup. Um, But I, I think that Hartford, Connecticut, and the Hartford Athletic after losing the Whales and losing out on, or the Whalers, Whales, Whalers, I can't remember their name. Whalers. Whalers, yeah. Uh, losing out on potentially being uh, the home of the New England Patriots. I think Hartford Athletic could really be something, maybe. Uh, I don't know if, they haven't proved it on the field yet. That's what I'm trying to say. They have a good-ish stadium. It's not terrible. Um, you know, it's really close to par with uh, a little bit better than Detroit. But it, I just really think for some reason, I don't know why, that this club could really be something. I mean, I could see it. Connecticut does have good support. They play in the same stadium as the UConn soccer teams. Um. It's a very interesting pick. I can only see it because of the East Coast, which I can. Yeah. I have one I've been sitting on that I'm going to save till the end because I don't think like it. that I think would be perfect for rivalry close by. Okay. Yeah, I can go on and tell you, looking at the rest of my list, no, I'm not, not anywhere in the Northeast. All right, John. Uh, so. You know what? I'm picking a team because the city has been gutted recently. They're about to be even more gutted. Oh, don't you do it. Teams. Oakland, baby. Oh. Oakland Roots are well supported. They are a very good side in both men and women. They have a women's team and they actually field one. 
in the W. They're well supported. And Oakland deserves a team. They are losing the A's and they lost the Raiders because of stupid reasons. They also uh, lost the Golden State Warriors. Don't forget about that. That, that stadium was right next door. a little different. How is it different? They're playing in a what, totally different city now. They're playing in San Francisco. From what people have told me, Golden State has the Golden State's always been Golden State. They've never been like that. It's not like in the sense where for football or baseball, there was literally a San Francisco team. Yeah. So like, if you were in San Francisco, you supported the Warriors. They were all like, so it's a little different because of financial reasons and stuff. That. From what people have said, the Warriors leaving sucked, but it wasn't like the stab in the heart of like the Raiders leaving or the A's leaving, both for pros- basically Las Vegas type thing. It wasn't the same. But Oakland deserves a team in this top flight. They're not going to get one in the MLS because of San Jose. Oakland can support a team. They have the culture to support it. A lot of their fans in the year, their supporter groups for Oakland are in a stadium chanting, sell the team. So, <laughs> you know, we know they can help support teams. Yeah, I just, I don't know. They play in a, a community college stadium. It's not very big. It's not entertaining. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, kind of going on some of the other conversations we've had, if they built their own new stadium, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, I just, no. No, sorry, Oakland. This man's basing this off of stadiums. (laughs) I don't have a whole lot else to base it on for Oakland. They've only been around since 2019. And they've already been the highest scoring team in the league. They have two regular season champions. They've made the playoffs three times, and they've played in the final one with a third round. And they average nearly 4,600. 4, yeah. It's more um, than your legion can say. <laughs> hey, that's a growing city. Leave them alone. It's way more than Vegas can say. Hey, it's a growing city. Leave them alone. Uh, Vegas will just take the Oakland roots here in a few years anyways. Um, <laughs> I, uh, J- uh, Jimmy Martin comments are not of mine to the people <laughs> of Oakland, to the Oakland 68ers, or any of you other support groups. If you are to Aga House, it's the one, it's the apartment in this guy, Bowling Green. This guy right here, come at me, Oakland. Um, okay, so I get the last pick, right? No, uh, right, or is there one more round? I still, we still got one more round. I think. Now this is this is number twenty. Oh, that right? was the, oh crap. Uh oh oh. It's fine. I'll use them for the championship. They make more sense in the championship. Okay. Well, then, John, I'm gonna break one of your rules because I I knew this team wouldn't get picked. I'm going to pick a new team that hasn't even started yet. This team doesn't even have a name yet. But I firmly believe that they belong at the top flight. And I'm sorry to our producer. Of course, there's not going to be a logo for this. So my apologies. Um, But we'll get one on for next week's show. Uh, I think the USL Milwaukee 
can be a team that actually You're stays in the premiere because of their name releases soon. Oh you my like god, Milwaukee I hope. Tall Boys. Yes, Milwaukee Tall Boys. Let's go. Oh, we do have a logo. Let's go. I hope that that is their their team name. I hope that is their logo. Now, to the real reasons why, well, other than that awesome name. Um this is a city that doesn't have a whole lot of competition for soccer right they've got baseball or yeah cream city uh that was another name um that would be a fantastic name to see um plastered across some bleachers um the only competition would be risky oh yeah definitely it's way too risky um madison chicago yeah, they've got Chicago, you know, and the fire and, you know, Chicago, Chicago House, House and stuff like that. You know, they can pull a little bit. But Milwaukee has got enough of a, a deep-rooted sports fandom that they can support this. Now, if they can get the, their stadium built, like their designs and stuff like that, and it's in that brewery district and there's a, a brewery in the stadium and – you know, if they go with that tall boy's name, I I love Inter Miami, but I ooh, man, Milwaukee, you're you're calling my name. For those who d- don't know, Lou fans, Milwaukee is going into the championship. This man is choosing to support a non-Lou City thing, and this guy says he supports bluegrass soccer. Man, what can I say? I just think it worked. I've got so many friends that live in Wisconsin that are from the area around Milwaukee. And, you know, they always, everybody cheers for the Packers. I mean, Wisconsin is the most mid state in the entire Midwest. Wow. To all of my Wisconsin friends, John just said that your state is the most mid of all. Also, I'm from Detroit. I hate the Packers. I technically hate the Brewers because they were an AL team for a while. Granted, not when they I were. was alive, but they were an AL team for a while. <laughs> I don't like the Bucks. I mean, the I y'all, y'all can't the support Bucks. a professional hockey team, so you can't no. come in the Red Wings. Nope, the Admirals aren't professional. People well, for years are, have been saying Nashville NHL. needs to, to switch with Milwaukee, but nope, NHL. not going to happen. So that is our Premier League, our USL Premier League. Um, you know, you can see it there. Uh, after this is all done, we're gonna do a write up about this. And we're gonna talk about it a little bit more. But there are some teams that got snubbed. Um, you know, namely looking at Memphis, San Diego, Loudon, Tulsa, Loudon, Loudon had a good run in the Open Cup, but that's about. All they've done. Your favorite team, Rio Grande Valley FC Toros. All getting left out. We'll see. But, well, John, any final thoughts before we sign off for today? No, I think that's all good. You can come at me if you want about my comments about Wisconsin. I stand firm about that. <laughs> they make good. They make good beer and they make good cheese that's about all that's good that comes out of wisconsin wow there's a lot of great people that i know from that state well, they're the people i'm not <laughs> pe- when i am stating stuff about good coming out of wisconsin i'm not talking about people there's people that come out of even good state of even ter- like the worst state in, in america of ohio 
However, fact, Ohio, worst state. However, the rest of it, who you might support on Sundays in the NFL, those are what suck. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Well, with that lovely note, that'll end another great episode of Bluegrass Soccer Cast. I want to thank you all so much for watching along, for chatting along in the chat there. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're following us on all of our socials at BG SoccerCast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. If Threads is still a thing, I don't. I haven't looked in like a week. It is dead. Exactly. Okay. You are with me. It's dead. Um, and make it's sure you're X also now, subscribed. Whatever. I'm still going to call it Twitter. Sue me, Elon. Please don't. The, the funniest uh, thing is the website is X, but the app they have yet to update the app. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> Uh, make sure you're following us on all our great um, podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and everything in between. That's John. I'm Jimmy, and we will see you on the next one.